Beyond the, Beyond the Headlines. This is World Insight. Hello and welcome to CGTN World Insight special program, Vision into Reality. This is a co-production between CGTN and media outlets and think tanks from all over the world. I'm your host, Tian Wei. My name is Manuela Castañeda. I'm from Argentina and I'm a journalist in the national news agency called TELAM. And I'm Fanis Papasanasiu. I'm an anchor and uh, senior diplomatic correspondent with ERT, the public uh, television of Greece. The year 2023 marks the 10th anniversary of the Belt and Road Initiative. Over the past decade, China has signed more than 200 cooperation ventures with uh, BRI partners with 152 countries and also 32 international institutions. BRI has involved from infrastructure building to green and high quality development. Together, we're ready to make greater contribution to promoting global sustainable development and inter-civilization exchanges. Together, let's talk about our future. Stay tuned. I'm so glad to be joined by a panel of uh, leading media figures and also scholars from the five continents. Let's go one by one. From Argentina, two honorable guests, Manuel Castaneda, host of Telem Global from Argentina. Good to see you. Also sitting together with her, Francisco Tayana, who is the director of the International Cooperation from the Ministry of Culture from Argentina. Welcome. Very happy to be here. Good to see you. From Greece, we have our two colleagues, Fanis Papatanasio, who is the host of Hellenic Broadcasting Cooperation, or ERT from Greece. Good to see Thank you. Thank you. Very glad to be here. So happy to have you back on CGTN. Meanwhile, Dr. George Zogopolio, who is a, a senior fellow of the Hellenic Foundation for European and Foreign Policy. Good to see you. Thank you for having us. Face to face, welcome back. Thank you. Sitting on my right side, Professor Xie Tao from the School of International Relations and Diplomacy. He's the Dean of the school and he is coming from Beijing Foreign Studies University. Professor Xie. Thank you, thank you for having me here. Coming from Pakistan, our two honorable guests, Mushahid Hussein, who's the Senator and also Chairman of the Senate Defense Committee from Pakistan. Good to see you, sir. It's a pleasure to be here in China. I'm Professor Dushka Saidi, who is the editor of Yolin Good Neighbors. Good to see you, Professor. Delighted to be here. Last but certainly not least, two guests coming from the African continent. Sitting over there from Kenya, Professor Peter Kagwanja, who is president and chief executive of Africa Policy Institute. Good to see you. Glad to be here. Thank you. And Hisham Abu Baker Metwali, who is coming from the Egyptian Ministry of Foreign Trade and Industry. Good to see you, sir. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here with you. The Belt and Road Initiative, we've already experiencing and also working together for 10 years. I'm sure many of you have great feedbacks about this collaboration. I would love to invite our two colleagues coming from Argentina and Greece to bring us some of their thoughts. Please, Mariela. Yes, thank you very much. Uh, in Argentina, the hydroelectric power plants is a very big project in bilateral cooperation with China. Uh, there are two dams building projects. One of them is called Nestor Kirchner and the other one is called Jorge, uh, Jorge Sepernik. 
and they are both in the south of, of Argentina, near the famous Perito Moreno uh, in Patagonia. This initiative began in 2013 when the Chinese company called Hesoba Group Corporation and other Argentine free, uh, firms formed the Chinese-Argentine consortium with the purpose to improve the country's energy, energy's infrastructure and satisfying the electric needs of more than one million families. So thanks to this installation, Argentina will save more than 1.5 billion dollars because of the substitution of import liquid fuels as it's happening at the moment. And nowadays, the, the estimated progress of the dam's building is about 25% for the Nestor Kirchner and 40% uh, for the Jorge Sepanik. So, Francisco, how would you define the relation between Argentina and China? Well, um, thank you very much for asking that. Um, actually, um, the relations between the Argentine Republic and the People's Republic of China last year just had their first 50th anniversary. The inclusion of Argentina into the Belt and Road Initiative is uh, a, great, a, a quantitative leap in Sino-Argentine relations. China has become Argentina's second greatest trading partner. Uh, its investments in infrastructure and energy sectors um, really have enormous potential for the country. And in that sense, I think the Belt and Road Initiative means a lot, not only for Argentina, but for Latin America in general. As more and more countries get onto the Belt and Road Initiative, uh, I truly think that this can be an engine for Latin American integration, mm. an integration that also needs not only a political and institutional aspect, but also a physical infrastructure aspect to it to really join these countries together and integrate them in another fashion into the world economy. And the project Manuela just mentioned certainly is a reflection of that. Uh, it is one of our best known projects, but it's not the only one. Our, uh, China continues to invest heavily in renewable energies in Argentina. This is a case. We also have the case of a, a major solar power uh, plant in the north of Argentina. And mm -hmm. we have also projects in, in the works such as nuclear energy and also a lot of different potential areas, which not only uh, promise enormous potential for the Argentine economy, but I think is also a hallmark mm -hmm. of uh, China's deep commitment to renewable energies as part of its worldwide strategy. We heard voices already coming from Latin America. How about Europe, Vanis? Why some of the key projects under BRI so important for Greece and for China? Very important because, uh, first of all, the port of Piraeus and the investment of Costco in Piraeus. That's the most well-known, isn't yeah, it? The largest port uh, uh -huh. in Greece. It is one of the most uh, successful stories of investment, of foreign investment for China. Before the BRI and before this investment, the, this port was uh, had the local capacity. Now, the port of Piraeus has became one of the most important and dynamic ports in Europe and is the gate for the Chinese products to Europe. Before this investment, the Chinese products, uh, in order to, to come to Greece, had to take like 27 days. Now, with the port of Piraeus, which is closest, is the first stop of the ships, the big ships with containers with Chinese products to Europe, mm -hmm. make 23 days. So it consumes money and time for the Chinese products. So that's why this is one of the most critical foreign investment for China in Europe. At the same time, contributes this investment of Costco to the local 
community in Greece. Yes, indeed. So it's a mutually beneficial project for both sides. You have brought George, our longtime friend, with us today. George is one of the most talented and young academians in Greece. But before we go to a question, let's hear a song that the workers of Costco at the port of Piraeus wrote and uh, made a video clip in order to, to, see the, to show the world how important is the growth and the progress of the port of Piraeus. All right. Do you sing the song also? Yes. All right. <laughs> So it's written by a worker of Costco at the port of Piraeus, who happens to be an artist. It says how important is now the, uh, the port of Piraeus, and he's talking about the progress of the port. Now, going back to George. It's important to mention that China, Costco Shipping, had already started to invest in the port before the launch of the Belt and Road Initiative. 2008 and 2009, and the launch of the Belt and Road Initiative facilitated the process. So new investments came after 2015 and 2016, and as you said before, the port now is one of the biggest in the Mediterranean. It has become a transshipment hub, and one of the most important characteristics of this investment is that it goes beyond Greece and China. Several other countries across the world and companies of other countries can benefit by this investment. I can give a recent example. Recently in Greece, Indian Prime Minister Modi visited Athens, and one of the most important parts of the conversations of the leaders of Greece and India was that Piraeus can function as a gateway for Indian products to Europe. So it's not only about China and Greece, it's about Asia and Europe. Some European countries uh see with skepticism PRI's uh, project. Uh, what is Greece's response on this? This is a very important question. We should say at first that uh, China's investment in the port of Piraeus aligns with the European framework and with the European legal framework. The investment had taken place before the beginning of this ongoing skepticism. And indeed, the European Union tends to view China in a triple way and relations between China and the European Union are currently tense. However, the investment in the port of Piraeus can be a good opportunity for the two sides, Greece and China, but also the European Union and China, to learn about each other. And recently there were some problems also in the port of Piraeus with workers and with the further development of the port, but the two sides, Greece and China, need to find solutions. And they are in the process of finding solutions because the contract will expire will like, uh, ex uh, expire in the 50s. So it's important to mention this, that the two sides need to work with each other to learn by the mistakes and to make improvements. Thank you very much for both of your input. Going to uh, Mr. Senator from Pakistan. Well, it's a pleasure to be here and congratulations on the 10th anniversary of the BRI, the Belt and Road Initiative, which I think is probably the most important developmental and diplomatic initiative of the 21st century, launched by President Xi Jinping. And you can see 10 years down the line, the dividends, the benefits accruing to the people who are recipients of and members of BRI, especially Pakistan, because Pakistan-China relations are long-standing. And our China-Pakistan economic corridor has been the flagship of BRI. And in BRI, the flagship of CPEC, the China-Pakistan economic corridor, is the Gawadar port. And in Gawadar port, which you just mentioned Piraeus, which has been a very important development, China's role has transformed Gawadar and Pakistan's economy. Because 
Gwadar lies at the southern tip of Pakistan, Arabian Sea, linking different countries in the maritime Silk Road. And in that one project, which has been now 10 years down the line, it has already been successfully launched, is the Pakistan-China Vocational Training Institute. Mm -hmm. You have a University of Gwadar, and they have teamed up with the Shandong Institute for Technology to form this Pakistan-China Vocational Training Institute, pre-education to the locals, mm -hmm. uh, vocational training in e-commerce, in finance, in maritime management, hospitality, financial affairs, and also women and youth empowerment, employment. Professor Zayed, how do you see BRI at this moment? It's not just what uh, Mr. Senator earlier mentioned, just uh, motor and bricks, but rather being updated from infrastructure only to updated version of BRI, green BRI, more high quality BRI. President Xi talked about an inclusive civilization this last March this year. And uh, Yolen magazine is promoting cultural exchange, cultural dialogue, and it's the only online English and Chinese mm. cultural magazine. It's not political at all. So it's promoting an understanding between the people of China and Pakistan. And that is one expression of BRI. Yes, indeed. The voice is coming from Africa. Extremely important. And we have two gentlemen coming from different parts of Africa, from Egypt and Kenya. Uh, tell me more about projects of BRI that's taking place where you are. This year marks 60 years of China-Kenya diplomatic relations. Congratulations. It's a great year for us. I also want to know that uh, Kenya is the, is the connection between the past of Africa and China and the future. But from the historians, we have learned that uh, Chinese sailors made as many as uh, seven trips to the city of Mombasa and the other cities in Nairobi, uh, in, in, uh, in, in the Indian Ocean long before the Europeans ventured into the Indian Ocean. And in the 21st century, here we are, the greatest and the most ambitious project uh, by China through BRI is, uh, is, is ventured in Kenya. This is the standard gauge railway from Mombasa. Now it has reached a, a small city called Naivasha, uh, having passed through Nairobi. And the African dream is to have that railway reach the port of Matandi in the Atlantic coast of uh, Democratic Republic of Congo. Mm. And for the first time in our history, if this dream comes true, we'll be able to export things to Americas and Europe by sea from the Indian Ocean, I because see. we'll be connected. It, it's something uh, we do appreciate uh, that uh, without BRI, this dream would never uh, become true. Part of it is already come true, isn't it? Yes. I even heard you held a conference, an international conference on the train. Yes, and uh, <laughs> it was a, a great ambition I've held for two years. <laughs> one day I'll do what they did to end the First World War and the Second World War, make a treaty in the train. <laughs> so I held the first conference <laughs> on the train mm. and uh, from uh, Nairobi to Mombasa mm -hmm. a distance of about five uh, 480 kilometers uh, we covered about five and a half hours yeah. and in it we were intense we had intense discussions uh, with the UN chief, uh, officials academics practitioners and it was vibrant I uh, exciting what was along the way what did people see no, from the train 
because as you know, the railway traverses two of the world's most scenic uh, national reserves. Uh, that is the Nairobi National Park and the Savo Na uh, National Park, one of the largest in the country. And it's, it's interesting that in the middle of your conference on the move, you are also able to peep through the window and see a giraffe here and an elephant there, mm -hmm. you know, a lion <laughs> maybe there. You hope that you will see one chasing another. Oh, it was exciting. And um, what you also see... Uh, I hope the train is not offending their natural life. <laughs> no, 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 no. The architects, the, uh, both Kenyan and, and um, Chinese, were very careful uh, in balancing uh, development and nature. What they did is that uh, the, the, the bridge, um, they have built what you can call a land bridge. Mm. And that bridge is tall enough to allow the tallest giraffe known in human history. <laughs> uh, that is the Maasai uh, bull uh, called George, okay. who was 5.8 meters. He even has a name. Yeah. And therefore, the bridge has to be taller than George <laughs> and so that ancestors of George will not be obstructed by this railway. It's the longest land bridge, 20, mm. 29 kilometers uh, across the park. Right. And there is another bridge uh, now across the, the park, uh, in Nairobi National Park. Therefore, nature is well taken care of by our dreams of development. And to you, Hisham, um, in Egypt, also many projects related to BRI, but we are seeing some very good early harvests already. Yes, at the beginning, I want to emphasize uh, some important thing because uh, Belt and Road Initiative is coming from the old Silk Road. And uh, when uh, President Xi Jinping announced his initiative 2013 about uh, reinvigoration of the uh, Silk Road, the Silk Road is uh, goods with the silk coming from China, but always coming with a camel. You can see the camel sign. That's what happening is uh, goods coming from China and crossing the Red Sea and then stop because there is no Swiss canal. When it stopped, all the goods transfer to the Mediterranean Sea through camels. That's why the old Silk Road always comes with the camel, camel pictures. Mm -hmm. So the camel come from Egypt, the product come from China. So Egypt, China, the old Silk Road are all the main two points, components of this road. I'm very curious about the Suez Canal because it's so crucial for the international trade yeah. for decades. So, Tell me more about that. So, Suez Canal before, uh, since we initiated Suez Canal, uh, only the, the ships comes and pay money for uh, crossing the Suez Canal services. But uh, and, and, uh, until now, since all, all the time, maybe uh, more than 100 years, we just get this money to cross the Suez Canal. So our ambitions comes uh, to more than this from $5 billion, we want to earn $100 billion. So now we are building more than five boats on the Suez Canal and expanding more boats. And one of those boats were built by China. This is also a very big, uh, uh, big board. Another board in Alexandria to, board, to link between Red Sea and the uh, uh, White Sea also. And this is one of the big projects. Another project is because Egypt uh, always lived on the 7% of our land, only 7% in habitation. So now we are building new capital city, new capital city to expand our inhabitation area to 13%. So this new capital city, China has also invest a lot of uh, investments in the new capital city for the CBD. So many uh, towers are now building mm. by China and uh, these towers will be used 
for international companies to open investment in Egypt and brought also uh, uh, goods and uh, uh, employment for Egyptians. And uh, also we can mention the uh, economic zone, Suez Canal economic zone. So it's not only to invest in the, uh, those uh, like boards or uh, train, electric train, also economic zone. This economic zone has attracted at least 145 new Chinese companies. Mm. All those Chinese companies come and uh, give opportunity for 5,000 Egyptians to work for those industries. And one of the biggest uh, world-led uh, uh, factory for fiberglass are in Egypt. The investment is there many times because this is uh, also very interesting. Anyone Chinese comes, I talk him to visit his uh, industrial zone. So uh, this is the first place he likes to visit. I see. And I noticed a lot of uh, Egyptians working there very happy because they combine the experience they gain from the factory and the place industries and also gain the, uh, how to live happily because there is a park and also there is a school and there's a community, it's a very happy community. Mm. This is a, a model for any industrial uh, park. Interesting, it seems that all of you have been sharing your stories. One of the things that at least in common is to dream big and get it done. I love that. What about for you, uh, Professor Xie, you're from China. Of course, it's not China that's initiating the BRI, but rather everybody we have here and beyond are working together on the Belt and Road Initiative. What is your takeaway listening to your colleagues from different parts of the world? Meanwhile, how is China looking at this golden opportunity to work with others under the BRI umbrella? Uh, so let me tell you one of my stories about BRI. I once took a cruise ship voyage around the world. And so we started from San Diego, we crossed the Pacific Ocean, and then we go down from Vietnam, Hong Kong to the Yangon, and India, and so we stopped by Cochin, and we uh, had a uh, refueling station uh, in Mauritius, and we went down to Cape Town, and then Ghana and Morocco. So my experience with uh, BRI is in Ghana. I remember when our ship docked in the port of uh, Accra, we see this huge signs of China Harbor, China Harbor Construction Company. And then I talked to local people, they say they are very proud, they say the Chinese companies are coming here, and so they are going to build the largest port in Western Africa. And so they are going to help local economies to develop. Mm -hmm. BRI, my slogan when I tell people who want to understand about BRI is that BRI is a bringing people closer for a better world. That's my personal interpretation of mm -hmm. BRI. You talk about connectivity, you talk about trade, you talk about you know, people-to-people -people exchanges, but ultimately, I think it's about bringing people together for a better world. Mm. A better world means we share prosperity, we share peace, we share development, right? And so when I hear all these stories from Argentina, from Pakistan, Africa, and Greece, you know, so this is a, so encouraging. And I would say that China has really written a very shining answer sheet on the 10th anniversary of the BRI. I think everybody who is really caring about people's local development, they should be very proud of what China has done to the world. Before we go, I would love to invite one or two sentences from every one of you. Help us to understand your, in your heart, where is Belt and Road Initiative? And where do you hope it should go? Uh, Belt and uh, Road Initiative is a, a new chance for the world, for the bright future. 
the, the BRI is still work in progress, but so far we've seen its fruits and it's transforming Africa. An alternative form of development, a peaceful form of development. The world is at inflection points and we are seeing two contrasting visions. And BRI is on the right side of history because it's talk of modernization, not militarization. And it's talking of building bridges, not creating barriers. So BRI, in my view, is China's contribution to humanity's prosperity and development. It's a long way to go, and we have uh, not even half finished. And we have to be well prepared for the road ahead. Oh, well said. I will wrote many notes after our conversation. Thank you so much. And with that, we are wrapping up our special program today, Vision into Reality. I'm Tian Wei from CGTN. Together with our colleagues, thank you for watching. We are going to see you along the way of the Belt and Road Initiative. Thank you. Goodbye.